So you get to hit the button. Oh, cheers. Cheers. All right. <sighs> so, feels like I haven't done this a while. Hello. It, it's been a while, yeah. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington, your host. Whoa, that is some laughing. Oh, man, we... <laughs> We, 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 it feels uh, like we're at a party. Sir, <laughs> sir, uh, I'm going to need you to move uh, to the back row, please. <laughs> we, uh, the jokes haven't even started yet. Um, anyway, uh, this is me, Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and the owner. And I'm here with my co-host for the third time, Stuart Wellington, my guest. Wow, it's the third time, huh? It's the third time. Um, he is my husband. Uh-huh. He is my business partner. Yep. He is my podcast helper, uh-huh. the love of my life. Yeah. Um, we are cat parents together. Uh-huh. I'm your personal breakfast chef. My personal breakfast cooker. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> cooker. <laughs> like that's a downgrade from chef, chef. but that's okay. Oh, right, yeah. chef. Okay. Um, I think I'm right under the heating vent, so I'm going to take my uh, sweatshirt off. Hot That's, stuff. Yeah, and I have glasses on, which I don't usually, and that was difficult. Okay. I have Stuart on again. Hi, Stuart. Hey, Welcome. how you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, because he's a crowd pleaser and everyone loves him. Oh, get um, out of here. And, you know, I couldn't find another guest. So, <laughs> whoa. That's, this is a great audience. Yeah. Um, we are here at Hinterland's Bar. It is a Monday night, and it's rainy. And there are two customers in the place. They are sitting very far away. Yeah. <laughs> and they are having a grand old time. Hell so yeah. let's let's do this. Yep. Um, so you mentioned that you've been having trouble getting guests. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Um, basically, I've run out of friends. Oh, okay. Um, but the thing is, I had planned to do this podcast um, every other week. And then I would do an interview or, you know, have a guest. And I liked... I'm just yeah. going to talk over the laugh. Yeah. I can't pause for laughter. No. Um, I mean, clearly, I'm killing it. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, I would record the episode, and I had so much fun that I was like, I have to release it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't bank any episodes. I didn't skip a week. I just kept releasing them. And I have... I. I basically run out of, I haven't run out of friends, but kind of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I kind of, uh, you know, I was running the, uh, I know the owner vault, right? Where I was uh-huh. keeping, keeping all of it. And I was hoping that I could build up a nice stash, but you, you never let me. You want to release them right away. I wanted to release them. I was too excited. Um, but I do have some really good guests scheduled, um, for this, for the coming weeks that I, I'm not going to mention their names yet because uh-huh. anything can happen, especially with bartenders. Sure. Yeah. Especially during COVID. Um, but I'm very excited about, uh-huh. and, and maybe one is going to be not in Brooklyn. What? I know. We'll, we'll talk about okay, that another wow. time. You're opening up a whole new vistas of podcasting. I know. This yeah. is so exciting. Um, we can't talk about how we started because we've already done that. That's true, yeah. So I thought it might be fun to talk about, hey, Stuart, uh-huh. what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in the bar business? I mean, that's a really complicated question, Charlene. Um, 
<laughs> because, uh, I mean, I think my answer is simpler than yours. Sure. Uh, because I got into the bar business with you mm-hmm. that I... Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how loud... They were not this loud when we walked in. It just happened when we turned no, the mics on. I, I think I heard them from our apartment. Um, <laughs> no, so I... Uh, I when we first started dating, I was working retail, mm-hmm. and I lost that job, uh, which I loved working for a hobby company, Games Workshop, mm-hmm. makers of Warhammer. Uh, you should uh, you should support me and send I me free stuff. I kind of feel like you still work for them, except you don't get any I commission because do. I think in the past couple of months, at least in the past year. You've turned on at least three other people that I know of to at Warhammer. Least, yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> it's, I have one skill set, and that's getting people excited about nerdy crap. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. If only I could monetize that in a way. Wait I mean, a I minute. Kind of. Kind of have. Um, so uh, I was working retail, and we started dating, and I was this outsider from. You know, from the other side of the tracks, not the bar side. <laughs> not of the, the tracks, bar side. The side You're from the, the good side, where people from, <laughs> like nerds. Uh, well, I mean, where people's parents are happy with their career choices. It was weird though because I was making so much less money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. My parents were much happier when I had like a a job that had good benefits and a 401k. Yeah. Although I wasn't making very much money, but they, I think. If you were to ask my parents, they're like, what would he do with more money? Just spend it on fucking more, garbage? More <laughs> toys and models. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but then when we st- I lost that job, and eventually, over time, I started, uh, you know, you taught me how to bartend. And I feel like if I didn't get in the bar business, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so tied in with our, our relationship. Yeah. Um, but I feel like... I probably would have stuck with retail. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't know, I feel like I feel like there would have come a point where, with my podcasting career, oh, that I feel like I famous probably, podcaster. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if it, I I like being a bartender, mm-hmm. and as much as I say I hate it every day, I like I like running a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you do say you hate it every I day. I say I hate it every, every day. Every single day. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I, Stuart, what's wrong? You're like, I fucking hate this every day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I feel like if I was just working a retail gig, like a retail management gig to pay the bills, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like my podcast career has gotten to a point where I probably would have given that up and tried to focus on more creative projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, who knows? Sliding doors, you know, which, yeah, which I think. I think because you, you sometimes get asked to do some things that are interesting and you just don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So I think if you weren't running a bar, even if you had like a normal job that ended when you went home, you might yeah. have more energy to put into creative pursuits. Like maybe you'd be a comic book writer. I mean, I, that that guy doesn't think he's so. Like, Fuck he's that. like, no it's way. Too much stinks. No the way. funny thing is, the the micro microphones will pick up some of that, but it won't be as intense for the oh, okay. for the listeners. So they're going to be like, why are Stuart and Charlene being such assholes about? Oh, I think our our listeners do think we're assholes. No, we're assholes. They know yeah. we're assholes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I get it's it's hard because. 
Like I get invited to do things like be a guest on podcasts that aren't this one. Mm-hmm. And unless it's a close friend, it's really hard for me to find the time because any time that I'm going to be spending bartending or any time I'm going to spend uh, podcasting mm-hmm. is time that, y- that you then have to worry about the bar. That's true. That The thing about being a couple and running a business together is that if one of us needs time off, the other one has to do it. Uh-huh. And that is definitely not always ideal. Uh-huh. Um, I guess... I guess in one sense it's ideal because, um, for example, our porter broke his arm, mm-hmm. and so when I came in early on Sunday, and, and for the for everybody listening, the porter is the guy who comes in, cleans up. He in comes the in and cleans up in the morning. He, and you know, he's our porter's been with us since, since we, we opened. opened. Yeah. And you know what? I'd take a bullet for that guy. I love him. He's, he's amazing. He's great. When when the bar shut down, we insisted on even when even when we weren't having him come in to clean because yeah. the bar was shut down, we insisted on paying him. <laughs> I mean, we're awesome. That's yeah. But pra- like like part of that <laughs> pra- is like I like to think I like to think we're awesome, but also that's it's kind of self serving because like I don't want to have to find a replacement for no, him. I like him too be- much. He's the best. And he um, and he finds and he's found guys to help him out so that he doesn't have to clean the bar seven days a week. Yes. Um, so I came in early on Sunday and he was here with his whole family and his wife was helping him clean and his kids were here eating potato chips and it was awesome. And then I taught them how to punch things. That's a whole other story. But you're saying um, that, that you're saying that what? it's nice to have a spouse that can take up the slack. Uh huh. Um, so, however, it's also annoying because, like, when we got our COVID shots, uh-huh. um, I was sick for an extra day, and that meant you had to go in, even though you were also sick, but for some reason you were able to do that, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It must be, yeah, it must be something weird with my, my, my body. Some kind of special powers. <laughs> yeah. So Secret power. So, I feel like most likely I'd... I probably would uh, would have at least continued with retail for a little bit because it was kind of the only world I knew for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, you know, I tried at one point to, uh, I was, I think I applied for, what was that, Teach for America or something? Yeah, and you did not get in, which seems ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think mean, you would have been a good teacher. I, I don't know, like, I feel like now I could have handled the, uh, my, my sleep schedule has shifted enough now that I could maybe handle the mornings. The mornings. But, I think I think the problem with that was that it was 2009 and the job market was crazy mm-hmm. and we were in the middle of a really bad recession. Yeah. Um, because one of my bartenders got into that program like the following year. Yeah. <laughs> and it and was, he's still teaching. It was weird. I you know I I put a lot I put a lot of effort into it and I think I did okay with the interview process and then I hit during the during the big like interview day. I ran into an interviewer who was like part of the like original group of like hirees in the Teach for America mm-hmm. program, um, and he was like a former like he was a former lawyer like uh, I feel like he was a former attorney maybe for like pro bono cases like some oh, kind wow. of like like a professional so do gooder who then moved on to just continue doing good. 
And yeah, he was he was uh, he was tough as hell, and he saw right through whatever bullshit I had, and he he saw that I was probably not qualified or ready to wake up that early. Uh, maybe he saw that you weren't ready to wake up that early, but you're definitely qualified. Well, um, but also I think you didn't have the confidence that you have now. I to, mean, that's to that's, be interviewed. Yeah, I think that's true, and also. I don't. I think I was a little bit desperate at the time, and mm, I feel like the, the key you. to a good interview not want the is job. giving off the vibe that you do not <laughs> want the job. Yes. Every time I have gone in for an interview, and I was like already in my head decided I didn't want the job, they are begging for it. Yeah, that's actually how I. I feel like that applies with like dating? relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it certainly works well, for me. I mean, we we both were seeing other people. Like mm-hmm. when we met, so yeah. you know, you're a tough um, audience. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, that's that's a good point because I had a streak of about a year, year and a half where I had one shift at one bar and could not find yeah. another job, and I went to job interview after job interview, and I could not get the job, and then I showed up in one interview, and I was like, you know what? fuck this, you're going to ask me questions, you're going to ask everybody the same questions, and everybody's going to lie, and the truth is, I have all this experience, like, if you just put me behind the bar, then you'll see, but, like, I can't go through this nonsense anymore, and that's the job I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that was when they're like, okay, well, I'm looking at your resume, and it doesn't list an objective. What's your objective, Charlene? (laughs) Have we joked about that on this podcast yet? I don't think we have. I don't remember. My memory's bad. That's just one of, like, working in, you know, I was a a hiring manager in retail, and I was also in a hiring position here in a bar. And it's just, I got to say, like, when you get a bar resume mm-hmm. that is multiple pages, no, no way, no thank definitely you. Definitely not. Um, if it lists a ton of stuff that is not bar related, Don't no care. thank you. That is actually probably a detriment. <laughs> uh, and the any any resume that lists like an objective, like what's your objective to like make to, me mo- make to, me and yeah. you money? Yeah. <laughs> to pour actually, drinks somebody- better. Wrote make money with dollar signs. I yeah, might, yeah. I might hire. You'd be them. like, okay, yeah. Um, but but don't do that if unless you're you're trying to get a job from me because I don't think anybody else would would like that. I definitely have the lowest tolerance for like bullshit business jargon. Yeah. Um, and I I hope that crosses over to other industries, but. Um, I have no tolerance for like the words you learned in marketing class, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that, it's it's like empty suit bullshit. Yeah, where you're just, exactly. You know. um, so, so I feel like that answers for I me. I guess that answers your question. What would you be doing? You know, it's funny because I brought this topic up, but I didn't really give it that much thought. So I'm going to figure it out while we're here, as if you just asked me for the first time. <laughs> but like, um, like you've definitely. Since you first learned to bartend at what, 18? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14? How old I, were you? I was I was 18. I was 17 when I took the class, 18 when I started. And um, you've done a number of, you've tried a number of different I jobs have. since then, and none of them have stuck. None of them stuck. I So the job I had before I started bartending, I was a receptionist at a bank. Okay. Um, and I hated it. 
I was not good at it. Uh-huh. Nobody wanted me to be good at it. Nobody encouraged me to be good at it. Sure, yeah. You, and, <laughs> you didn't have a, a manager who coached you through being a better well, receptionist. Not only that, but if I connected customers to the department that could actually handle their problem, I would get a phone call five minutes later from the person I connected the call to saying, don't ever connect a call to me. Yeah. So that was super annoying. Um, and then what did I try since bartending? I tried, um, I wrote copy for the Better Business Bureau. That was a paid internship. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you I, like that? I liked it, except it was one of my first office jobs as an adult. And I had been bartending for a long time by then. And a lot of office jobs um, are pretending to work. Yeah, yeah. So I would get an assignment, and I would do it, and I would finish it, and I would hand it in, and then I would have nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, So I would be like, can I go? And they would look at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, well, what... Man, you were a visionary when yeah, people were right? talking about this new... Uh, <laughs> it's a four-hour you know, work yeah, week? Yeah. 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 Um, what's his name? Uh, Tim Ferriss? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, the, I mean, so the idea of like... And it's... I've kind of sensed this from you because, you know, I... When we started dating, I brought along my various friends, many mm. of whom are like nerdy dudes who mm. work normal-style jobs. And they would be like office managers and shit or mm. whatever, like production imaginers. Um, and <laughs> imaginers. you would, uh, it would be so funny because you'd, you'd, you'd eventually get around the topic because like you wouldn't want to talk about like whose Warhammer army is the coolest. No. So eventually you'd be like, well, I talked to this guy and like I know his dating life isn't great, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about uh, what he does for a living, and he would say, you know, like, I'm a dream engineer, and you're like, I don't know about that. And so you'd... Uh, you, and he, he'd... <laughs> my friends would always describe it like it's something like something everybody knows about. Like, oh, of course you know what this job that sounds like a made-up thing is. <laughs> and you would always push them and be like, no, but when, what do you do when you go you, to work? Yeah, I would. Because I couldn't see, I couldn't picture it. Yeah. I'm like, what do you do? So you, you go in, yeah. you get your coffee, you, yeah, you, you hang, sit down. You put your, uh, your hat and coat on the little like, hat rack. Yeah. What do you do? And you, they could never answer you tell me. Somebody to and hold they would all use those like, yeah. those descriptors of, of like, their job description. And I'm uh-huh. like, no, but like, do you look at your computer? Like, do you write a thing? Like, what exactly do you do? If I was to require you to give me some of your deliverables, what would those be? <laughs> See, I didn't know the word deliverables, but now, now, next time I meet one of your nerdy friends, I'm uh-huh. going to. Some of them I could get them to tell me, but I, I definitely remember being really frustrated with, and, and then I, if you ask me what they do for a living, I couldn't tell you because I can't picture it, yeah. and so it would just fall out of my head. Uh-huh. But and all those nerdy friends are always on time for things. They and always show up when they say they're going to show up. They often when bring they, snacks they when they come over. They do snacks. They show up too early sometimes. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, got a text message. They either show up too early or, you know, sometimes they're waiting outside deciding whether or not they should ring the doorbell or not, whether or not that'll... Oh, because we had to talk to them about that, so yeah. now they know. Um, but also, they used to show up at at 7.30. no. 
they were supposed to show up at 7.30 when I leave for work, and they would show up at 7 while I was getting ready for work. Uh-huh. And, and so that's, that was... That is time reserved for Charlene, Judge Judy, and that is it. Yes. Me, Judge Judy, and, like, my hair dryer. Uh-huh. That's, that's my getting ready routine is watching Judge Judy, so I learn how to not fall for baloney. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, so... So, uh, so I so, wouldn't... Get an office job. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go through all my other jobs. Okay. Why not? Yeah, why not? So I had another office job working for a mortgage broker. Uh-huh. Um, it was in, like, Murray Hill. And because every few years I'd be like, okay, I need to get a serious job. So I got this job, or I got the interview through a friend, and then I worked part-time for this uh, mortgage broker, and she had this tiny little office... And there was a little, like, cubicle divider between my desk and her desk. Uh And there was nothing else in this office but the two of us. And I was really excited because I I was like, oh, I'm going to sit at a desk. And I'm going to listen to Light FM, um, you know, on this little desk radio, the, you know, light music. Mm -hmm. And I put it in, and she'd be like, "Um, your music's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I kept having to lower it. And I had it on, like, two. And she's like, "Um, your music's too loud. And we could, like... Smell each other's farts. It was awful. I hated it. It was stupid. I didn't was she also long. listening to music, or she just didn't like music? I don't. I never got to, got that far. I did not last in that job. Yeah. Um, I. You couldn't hide your light under that bushel. I could not. Um, what other jobs have I had that were not bartending? I attempted to be. And um, a retail, uh, not retail, real estate agent. Uh-huh. Um, that was terrible. Yeah, and this is uh, this is after Vegas. Vegas is another podcast. That's right? another podcast. Okay. Um, that's like the same business. Um, so I tried to be a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, this was I I had to move out of my apartment, and I found an apartment through a realtor, and I was like, oh, I could totally do this. Um, like show a person an apartment and get you know twelve hundred dollars done. Yeah. Um, I could not do that. It sucked. I was bad at it. There was a lot. You had to be able to lie. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, like omit the truth. And also, um, I ended up at a company. First, I ended up at a company that did rentals that didn't work out. And then I ended up at a company that only did sales, and I had never even lived in a house, so I didn't even know yeah. like what a house was supposed to have in it. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know, like, like I didn't know the word lintels. You know, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know like what gas heat was. Uh-huh. Like I'd only lived in an apartment building with a super. Uh huh. So. And they didn't have like a training program on what those things are. No, the train there. There is a course you have to take, but it's no basically offense, about but did the, the internet exist at that point? Um, it did, but Craigslist was new. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. And, yeah, and so the, my job was basically, like, finding listings by sellers on Craigslist, calling them, and asking if I could okay. list it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what, what was the big one? Village Voice? Was there... Could you... Um, 
the Village Voice was just about done. It was yeah, just yeah. about ending. Because in because um, in Indiana we had a thing called the Peddler's Post, which is which where was the Indiana would, Village Voice. Yeah, yeah. And you could look on the back, and it would say like "Thank you, St. Jude," and yeah, all kinds and of shit like, like that. Foot, that's foot that's where, yeah, exactly. I mean, there would be it would be coded because we're in you know we're in God's country, mm. Indiana, at that point. Yeah. So real estate did not work out. Real estate I feel did like, not work out. I mean, I this is based entirely on my limited experience with that that world, but it feels like it's a kind of aggressive salesmanship that feels yeah. feels a little phony. And I was used to being a bartender where I'm selling something that everybody yes. wants yes. to like the opposite kind of job where you have to convince people that they want a thing. And also, when I called people, they were, like, not happy to hear from me. Yeah. And I had to list my phone number, um, you know, wherever I listed these listings. And um, people would call me at 8 in the morning. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is this is a business number. You can't just call people at 8 in the morning. Yeah, and you had to um, deal with people were uh, that uh, real estate is very much a Sunday focused uh, yes and I still kept my bartending job so I'd work Saturday night and then I would get like 8 a.m. phone calls like two hours after I went to bed mm-hmm. so that really sucked and guess what men would try to rape me wait really <laughs> yes <laughs> You had to be alone in a house. Uh-huh. And then people would come look at it. You're like alone in a house with a man. Yeah. So, so scary. you would have like aggressive... like. I had one really aggressive guy that um, asked me to list his... It was like a one-room co-op, like a studio. Yeah. And we did... Um, like an open house in his co-op, and he was like, "Come sit on the bed." And I'm like, what, "Like when? When are the other people coming?" It's actually kind of dangerous. Yeah, that's, like anything, like being a woman that's in horrifying. any job. Yeah, yeah. So that really sucked. Um, and I'm not in my normal like bartender clothes. I'm trying uh-huh. to like wear a button-down shirt and a skirt yeah. and heels and look like, like, let me sell you this property, sir. You know yeah, yeah. and. And like, did you wear a blazer? I did not wear a blazer. I never wore a blazer. What did you wear? Because I feel like at that point in your life, your your wardrobe was all black tank tops and. Um, I had some cute skirts and some like button down blouses. Uh huh. Um, and heels, but I definitely didn't dress like a realtor. Yeah. You know, I didn't wear a blazer. I didn't wear my hair back. Uh huh. Um, in fact, I had another woman in the office. She was like. You want to make a sale? You got to put your hair back. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, I have beautiful hair too, but I don't just like show it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? But she was saying that you had beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, and then she took her hair out of a ponytail, and she had pretty hair too. Okay, nice. Um, this wasn't going to be some kind of but, wild reveal where you're no, like... No, she, she did, but I was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to like... That's why I didn't get again, an office job. Again, not going to hide your light under a not bushel. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that didn't work out either. Now didn't what else? Didn't work out. Um, tour guide. Uh-huh. Big um, money in tour guiding. Of, of the jobs I tried while I was bartending that were not bartending, that was my favorite. A New York I City loved tour it. guide. New yeah. York City tour guide. I um, was a tour guide on the double-decker buses. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that I met in college that, like, 
that that um, got me, you know, the interview. What, what were you going to school for? Um, at that time, I think it was marketing. Okay. Um, and so we got to, we had like a week of training and we got to ride on the double-decker buses Sounds and fun. learn all this New York history, which I was already really into. I had taken a really amazing New York history class at Kingsborough Community College mm-hmm. and... Um, I loved that class. And so we basically went into this old um, porno movie theater uh-huh. um, that was converted into the, like, Gray Line bus station. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a working movie theater upstairs, which is where all the tour guides would sit while they were waiting for their, like, bid to start. And Weird. we would watch movies about New York every day. Oh, okay. Um, and they would put a, like, Ken Burns documentary uh-huh. or just, like, all kinds of, like, every day there was a new movie about New York. and we just Different kind of porn. It. Yes, for me. It's Charlene porn. That's, that's what does it for me. And um, then we had to take a test. In order to be a tour guide in New York, you have to take a test and be certified. Uh-huh. Um, so was we were studying for a test. more or less difficult than the real estate More test. difficult yeah. than the real estate test. Yeah. Much more difficult. The... I think the test was like 72 pages or something. Wow. It's like, yeah, you had to read. Like, each question was basically like when a nerd asks a question at a podcast, yeah. where it's like, let me explain to you everything I know about New York uh, and yeah, yeah. where's Times Square located. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're saying that it's like when, when you're at like a Q&A for a movie mm-hmm. and one of the nerds gets up to ask the director a question. But it's really them showing off how much they know in front of both the director and everybody else. And I wonder if that's ever parlayed into, like, a hang. Do you think, <laughs> do you think a director is... The director's is, like, wow, this guy knows all yeah, of, like, like, all of my movies, <laughs> even the one that I, like, recorded in my backyard. Yeah, that Edgar Wright's like, wow, that guy who uh, has, uh, looks like he has a katana collection. Yeah. <laughs> I you think, think now they're best friends? Uh, maybe. I wonder if that's... I mean, I feel like that's got to have happened. I mean, that's basically the story of how, like, Dan Harmon's weird, like, D&D podcast started. Is he just mm. asked if there was anyone in the audience who was a dungeon master, and a guy raised his hand, and then they start a podcast together. <laughs> now they're best friends. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, wow. Um, so... Um, so I did that. So I passed, passed the test. The test sure. First, and tr- first try. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You've always um, been a good student, right? I've, I've always been a good student. Yes. Until I didn't go to school. And for but, those listening, you, as you can assume, I have always been a mediocre student. <laughs> but you also graduated from high school on time and went straight into college. And I, I am a mediocre student who generally follows the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I was categorized as too smart for her own good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how I told, how I described <laughs> you to my parents. Yeah, and they were like, <laughs> yes, and they were like, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't like where this is going. What happened to the other girl? Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she, she lived close. She wanted to live closer to us. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so. Yes. So I would go in every day and wait for them to um, send me out on a bus. Uh-huh. Were you doing any other jobs during this time? I was bartending. Okay, I was cool. bartending a couple nights a week. And so you're basically sitting in a room with a bunch of, like, 
nerds for New York, like people yeah, who yeah. are super into New York history. And so you're sitting at a table and you're reading the New York Times and you're like eating a bagel and you're, you've got out like the Village Voice, not the Village Voice, Time Out New York, um, because you need to know like what's going on now yeah. as opposed to the history of sure, things. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so all you're talking about is New York with uh-huh. all these people that know everything about New York. And you don't say like... Where's that? Oh, it's on 42nd and Broadway. You're like, oh, it's by the Brill Building, or you know, it's by the Flatiron Building. Oh, you never cool. say, yeah. Um, and then, um, so then they would be like, all right, you're next, and I, you would go to your spot um, uh-huh. in Times Square where and meet your and meet your bus, and then you know you have your microphone, and all the tourists get on the top of the bus, and you give uh-huh. them their ponchos for when it rains, and then you're yep. like. You know, over here on the left is, um, you know, where the ball drops. I think it's kind of wild that the two of us haven't done one of those before. No, we're going to. Okay. We have to. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about that today, now that things are reopened, of going into the city with our friends Dave and Tom from Huckleberry Travel. Uh And going on a a double-decker tour. Um, I was actually going to bring that up to you today. Good thing that we started talking about it. So... David, Tom, if you're listening and I haven't asked you yet, remind me. Um, so you get up on the double-decker bus and uh-huh. you're like, on the left we have this, on the right we have this, and you have to be on the top. If there's one customer on top, raining, pouring, snowing, sleeting, hailing, sure. you have to be up there yeah, yeah, yeah. because they will stand up and they will get hit in the head with a streetlight. Uh-huh. So you have to be up there and make sure they stay in their seats. Oh, okay. And you have to look at them and then turn and look at the road because you can get hit in the head with a streetlight. Yeah. And you also need to see where you're going. And I don't think they'll ever be able to replace human tour guides with, like, technology. Uh-huh. Um, maybe not never, but not for a while because the buses go at a different speed. Yep. Depending on traffic. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be able, if you're stuck at a light for you eight to, minutes, yeah, you, have to you have to be able to talk about that area for eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be able to like skip ahead if the bus moves fast. That sounds tough. That feels like that's a job that pays, what, like six figures, something like that? Um, it did not pay well. Um, you can make tips. Uh-huh. You can ask for tips twice. Okay. And the people would tip. But remember... It's not New Yorkers, it's tourists. So it's a lot of people that aren't used to tipping. It's a lot of people that aren't used to our currency. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like a face-to-face transaction. It's it's like a cup. And it's not bartending. It's not bartending. Um, And so, but I I loved it. And then it was supposed to be part-time. And after I was there for like a month or so, they were like, now you have to take a full-time schedule, like kind of out of nowhere. And I was like, but wait a minute, I, I'm part-time. And I tried to take a full-time schedule because I liked it so much, uh-huh. but there was no schedule that worked with my bartending schedule. Yeah. So I would like work a shift till four in the morning, sleep for two hours, and then go in at eight. Uh-huh. And I was so tired, I was afraid I was going to get hit by a car. I yeah. was so exhausted. Um, so I had to quit, and I hated it. And you know... I still keep my tour guide license yes. current. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Just like in it's case. like your it's like your cater waiter tux. You're you're holding yes. on to it. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well that's the same business, but yes. I um 
I hold on to my cater waiter tux. So I have options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. Um, and you, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about while you, when you were a tour guide. And considering it, it was only it like was a only month a or so. It was only a few months. No, well, I, I took that bid for a little while. So maybe, so there was like two weeks of training. Uh-huh. Then before I got on a bus, we worked the Tribeca Film Festival. Okay. Um, so I had to stand on the corner and direct people to the bus like it was a special thing. Okay. And we got like special Tribeca Film Festival jackets. You remember my Tribeca Film Festival jacket? Yeah. And we had um, so that and like hats and stuff. So I did that. And you for... love hats. <laughs> I don't, but I liked that one. Um, and then, so I did that I think for two weeks. And then I worked for, I think it was two months before they told me I had to take a bid. So it was like four months total. I'm... I find it really hard to picture you working a job where someone else is like, you have to wear this hat, and you just wearing it. Well, you know, I spent a lot of money because we had to wear a white cotton shirt with a collar, uh-huh. and you know that I bought every possible iteration of a white cotton shirt with a collar uh-huh. so that I would have something that was the closest thing to a t-shirt. Uh-huh. And then I had a black skirt with leggings yeah. that I yeah. like made special. Also, if it was raining, you still had to be on the top of the bus uh-huh. because the tourists get those garbage bag ponchos. Uh-huh. So you would be on the top of a bus moving through the pouring rain for three hours. Yeah. So I had a gym membership and I had a locker in the Crown Plaza in Times Square mm-hmm. so when it was raining I would get off the bus and I would go into the gym and take a shower and change my clothes and I would go back to the base and I would be like warm and dry and everybody would be like what? Why are you warm and dry? Yeah. <laughs> because you look after yourself. <laughs> I mean you gotta you gotta yeah I do yeah. look after myself. Yeah. I was like I can't do this job if I'm gonna be wet and cold I'm gonna make myself warm and dry. Yeah. No, I, I believe this. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so I guess you'd be a tour guide if... Um, tour guide? Oh, I also tried to get certified to be a personal trainer, but I never finished that. How was that? Um, so We were together when you were taking those classes. The second time. The first oh, okay. time I wanted to be a step aerobics instructor. Oh, wait, the <laughs> first time you wanted to be a step aerobics instructor. Yes. Okay. So... Can you... So, step aerobics is a little bit before my my gym time. Uh-huh. Can you describe? Can I it describe to me? it without anybody You're being able to see it. me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so picture Imagine it. I'm an alien, a blind alien. 1991, Explain. the Reebok Step has just come out. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> um, um, that wasn't when I tried to be an instructor. That's when I started doing step aerobics. Uh-huh. So you go into a room. And everybody has this plastic step. Uh-huh. I'm allowed to use the word step, right? Like, I, can't, I don't have to describe it without using the no, word step. No, you can step. use the word step, yeah. It's not, like, taboo. No. Um, so there's a plastic step. It's about the lowest, the lowest one is about four inches off the ground. And then okay. there are risers, so you can make it um, a foot, two feet high. Mm-hmm. And then you do these various patterns of stepping on and off the step. Uh-huh. To music, according to what the instructor tells you to do, uh-huh. and there are like code words, and there are hand signals, uh-huh. almost um, like like a like an electric slide. 
kind of, sort of, except not. Closer to um, the cha-cha slide? So there's, yes. So there's the basic step where you just step up and step, step back. Uh-huh. And there's a V-step. You make your legs wider. Mm-hmm. There's a rocking horse. What's that? Um, that is, I, it's, it looks like a rocking horse. There's okay. over the top where you okay. step over and back. Um, the thing you're never supposed to do is step forward off the step. Oh, interesting. You're only supposed to step back. It's actually an unnatural movement for working out. Stepping down? Stepping forward down. Is that why why you can take a a cow or something upstairs but not downstairs? Probably. You know, if you turn that cow around and let him back down the stairs, I'll bet he could do it. I I mean, she. She. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so step instructor, why did that fizzle out? So... um, so I found out that there was a class somewhere in New Jersey, and in my head, all of New Jersey was the same. So I decided I was going to stay at my cousin Elisa's house while I took this, like, two-day, eight-hour-a-day class yep. in step aerobics. And I did really well in the practical, but you had to learn anatomy. Oh. And I had this one book that I was basically memorizing anatomy out of, and I did not memorize as much as I thought. Really? I know. I know. You're a very good student. I, but there was no class yeah. about the anatomy. I, you just had to, like, read the book and know it. Yeah. And I don't even know if I had the right book. So I passed the physical part, and I failed the anatomy part. Oh, that's too bad. I know. So you didn't get so certified. So I did not get certified to be an, a step aerobics instructor, which I guess is well enough because nobody... Is hiring step aerobics instructors. Yeah, it, it went away. When did it go away? Um, I mean, it was mostly gone by the time I took that class. Okay. Um, it went away because so many instructors were instructing you to walk over the front and people were injuring themselves. Um, and so it switched to, you know, like yoga, I think, became more popular. And, yeah. Um, so then, I, when we were together, I did take a class. I don't remember where that school was. It was either uptown or in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, and I took, was it like a two-week course? Yeah. And that I passed. Um, but I never got certified because my CPR certification lapsed. And I didn't have them at the same time. So, yeah. To be, and that was just to be a personal Just to be trainer. a regular personal trainer. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and I went to school to be, while we were together, right? Uh-huh. I went to school to be... What, a paralegal? A paralegal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like you missed your calling with the lawyer thing. I mean, never too late. Another life. Another life. <laughs> we'll see. So, that is what I would be doing if not this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the most obvious, if somebody was to put a gun to my head and say, Stuart, what job would Charlene be doing if she wasn't working in bars? First off, I'd be like, don't put a gun in my head. This is a <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Um, you could just ask and yeah, I'll answer. Yeah, you just ask. It's easy. Um, but I feel, like, I feel like law or... Because you have a defined sense of right and wrong. And That's true. And you're a fighter. And yeah. And I almost always get the answer right when we're watching Judge Judy. Almost always, Almost yeah. always. Uh-huh. Um, if the bars were all to close tomorrow, and if Cuomo had his way, yep. that could happen, 
Um, I guess I would go get a job as a tour guide. Although, yeah, because tourism will come back even if the bars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I already have the certification. It's true. <laughs> I think I finally threw out the shirts. The tour guide shirts? The tour guide shirts. Okay, well, but you can get, a new I can get one. more That's shirts. relatively easily. I can get shirts. Um, but if there was like a starting over situation, yeah, law school. Yeah. Sliding doors. Uh huh. I probably would be like a drummer or something. Yeah, totally, you'd totally be a drummer. I remember when we first started dating, you would always pick drums at rock band. Uh huh. Yeah, that was because my ex and I played a lot of rock band together, oh. and then uh, <laughs> after we broke up, uh, it lost its luster a little. I don't know. <laughs> also, um, we didn't. Did we? We didn't have it in the house. It wasn't your set. No, I brought it over, but it just it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Like, it was a difference of a ground floor and, like, oh, a second yeah, floor or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that it felt weird. Um, you know, it's not the same. Whatever. Things change. So, here on this podcast, uh-huh. I have a segment called You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had. Sure. And I encourage you, the listener, to email me about your day. Um, okay. Okay something fun happened, if something fucked up happened, um, as if you would walk into a bar and be like, oh my God, you won't believe the fucking day I had. Yeah, I mean, um, my most exciting moment today, let's see, uh, I, after I got home from the gym, I checked my email, and mm-hmm. I had an email from a gentleman, a gentleman who revealed to me that he has been secretly watching me through my oh, webcam. Oh, Yes. Yes. That he has been watching me through my webcam jerking off. And while he doesn't have a problem with jerking off, uh, I guess he has a problem with the content. I wasn't, I didn't read it very carefully. And there was a <laughs> lot of typos. Uh, but I think he was alluding to something that uh, I was going to have to uh, give him money or he would share the uh, videos of me that he has watched or recorded through my webcam jerking off. And I'm like... First off, dude, you should be paying me. And second <laughs> off, I mean, I guess if you're going to share it, that's fine. I'm not going to give you money. It's going to be a mix of, like, hilarious and hot in different quantities, depending on the viewer, I guess. <laughs> and if that's what you want to publish, you go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. If that's uh, Hey, man, everybody, nowadays, anybody can be a content creator. <laughs> if that's where you want to put your uh, energy, why not? Just, if you make it into an NFT, you got to give me a cut. Um... Let's see. What happened to me today? Two very exciting things. Number one, uh-huh. I tried a new cat litter. Yeah. I had that. Like, <laughs> so you squat down and shit in the cat litter? I tried putting different cat litter in the boxes where my cats poop okay, and pee. We have, you know this, you live, you live in the house with me. We have two litter boxes next to each other because we have uh-huh. two cats. And I wanted to try a different kind of litter. So I put it in one of the boxes. Excuse me. Woo! And I put it in one of the boxes um, to see if they would use it because I was afraid that if I just switched the litter straight out, the cats would shit on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been about um, 12 hours since I tried the new litter and nobody has pooped in it yet. You've been, you've been digging through it? I've been it? digging through yeah. it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So that was pretty exciting. Um, and the landlord next door gave me permission to put a bench around the tree because the oh, tree is on both, bar, yeah. both properties. So two very exciting things that happened yeah. today. Um, but I'm going to read a letter. 
Okay. Something a letter that somebody actually sent me a letter. And if you want to send me a letter, oh, thank you. Um, Kate just brought us some kind of drinks. Thanks, Kate. Mm-hmm. No, thanks. Are Cheers. those Negronis? It is. It's a Thank you. Cheers. So, what was I saying? If you want to send me a letter about your day, send it to... What is my email address? I had one sip of a drink. I know the owner. I know the owner podcast at gmail.com. So, send me a letter about your day. Otherwise, I'll keep reading Am I the Assholes from Reddit. Uh-huh. Um, but Un- this until is Until Reddit goes the way of Yahoo the Answers. The way of Yahoo Answers. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Dear Charlene, I, I have to adjust my glasses so I can see. Now I really look like a grandma. Oh, Someone needs to get a picture of this. Dear Charlene, oh, my phone went dark. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Here we go. Dear Charlene, I know you only do Am I the Asshole if no one writes in about the day they had, but this is a bit of both. We finally had a crazy busy night at the spot I work. The kitchen couldn't keep up. The bartender was 30 tickets deep, and the line was never ending. We don't staff for night like this during COVID because they are so rare. Oh, I think she means nights. Um, So I slowed down the seating and kindly explained to people I was giving the kitchen an opportunity to catch up, and if they didn't want to wait, I was sorry, and I understood if they didn't want to wait. This dude with sunglasses on at 8 p.m. demanded to be seated right away inside. I didn't feel like fighting with him, but then he ordered a Ramos Gin Fizz. My bartender was 10 hours into her second dose of her vaccine and was starting to fade, so I told him, no, we don't have cream. He got up. Wait, wait, what the fuck is that? You know what? I Googled it because I don't know what it is either. Ingredients. Two ounces of gin, three quarters of, of an ounce of simple syrup, a half ounce of heavy cream, a half ounce of lemon juice, freshly squeezed, half ounce lime juice, freshly squeezed, three dashes of orange flower water, one fresh egg white, club soda to top. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> oh, boy. So I told him, no, we don't have cream. He got up, went to the store, bought cream, and handed it to the bartender and said, you should really have cream. (laughs) I told him to take his cream back and order something that that was on the menu. We would not be making a Ramos gin fizz. (laughs) Am I the asshole? Should I have just made him the world's most time-consuming drink? (laughs) You know, the other day, (laughs) I went to a steakhouse, and I ordered a salmon, and they were like, we don't have salmon. (laughs) Go on, continue. So I went to the ocean, and I fished out a salmon. Okay, yeah. And I brought it in, full whole salmon, like not cut up Uh or anything. And I was like, here, you should have salmon on your menu. You should have salmon. It's a delicious fish. (laughs) And, you know, that was the first time I was ever slapped in the face with a salmon. (laughs) (laughs) It was life-changing. I recommend recommend doing that. That's so funny, because it's like... You know, it was bad for a while there when everybody was showing up with their fucking smartphones on a Saturday mm. night, and they're like, yes. here's the cocktail I want. I forgot Look at about that. <laughs> you're like, get the fuck I out of my face. I hope that trend is over. Um, and 
But like the next step up of being like, I want to order this specific thing. I'm told no. And I don't take the take no very well. <laughs> I don't take the I don't have those ingredients. Let me get them for you. I do like I do like that uh, our writer has given painted us a picture with the fellow wearing sunglasses because I feel like we've all had that kind of a customer. Yeah, and I don't like a customer that comes into a dark bar wearing sunglasses. I feel like what are you trying to hide? Pot's uh-huh. legal now, man. Yep. <laughs> but I also I don't like working on Halloween when people come in wearing masks, you know, mm-hmm. Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. I do want people to come in with COVID face masks. Okay. Yep. Um, Good save. But when we're open for Halloween, I usually stay at the door and make everybody show me their face before they come in because mm-hmm. just having a bar full of people that whose faces you've never seen, yeah, that's yeah. too scary. Yeah. Um, but take off your fucking sunglasses and you know what? Don't, don't go back there. So the question is, is the writer the asshole? We no, didn't answer that, of course. The not. writer is not the asshole. Come on. It's I feel <laughs> like it's I feel like it's kind of easy cuz I have a tendency to fall into the trap of like if I can be accommodating, I'm going to be. But sometimes you have to draw the line and also this person seems like he is being difficult. That person does not just seem like they're being difficult. They are being difficult. Yeah. And sometimes to save face and to be diplomatic, you tell somebody, we can't make that. We don't have the ingredients. Uh But maybe we don't want to fucking make it. Uh We don't have to make it. It's not something that we serve here. If you want this, go someplace that serves it. Or you bring that cream to your house and you fucking make it. Uh Um, I mean, alternatively, how do you feel about like a PIA tax? I am for it. PIA, of course, meaning pain in the ass. Pain in the ass tax. Um, that's why all of our prices aren't listed. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is like perhaps somebody comes in who is ordering something that is more annoying to make than normal, mm-hmm. and they are themselves annoying customers. You might tack on an extra buck when you when you charge them. Sure. Um, you know, there are some drinks that are labor-intensive, and some places make them because they're set up to make it, and that labor is, you know, added into how they do things. Like mojitos, for example. I've worked in bars where we make mojitos, and we made them really fast. And we had a system, and we had yeah. the mint all separated out. We had the sugar separated out. Um, I worked in a place with servers, and when they ordered a mojito, they would put all the ingredients in the glass, and then I would muddle it, oh, wow. add the booze, shake, done. That's great. But if you go to a or place... It's like, or it's like how uh, if you go to Commonwealth for their big Kentucky Derby party every year, they, they have the mint julep shit like... Like already pre-batched yeah. and set up, and they have extra people on because that's a labor-intensive yeah. drink. Um, but if you go to a place that doesn't serve mojitos, and they're like, we don't have mint, and you're like, oh, I'll get you mint, it's like, yeah. I wasn't planning on spending a minute and a half making a drink for one person. I uh-huh. have other people that are waiting for a drink, and they don't want to wait for you to get a drink that's not on the menu. Sure, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think normally when somebody asks for a mojito from you, you're like, oh, yeah, just head out the door, then buy a plane ticket to Miami. Yes. I do have a um, a, a saying. It's not a saying. Um, but, for example... You should not order a pina colada unless you can actually see 
a, a palm tree. Okay. Um, and I feel kind of the same about mojitos, although there are places in New York that are like, we're tropical, come here for a, yeah, yeah. For a mojito. And I will order one because it's on their menu and they're probably delicious. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because a mojito is like a named cocktail. Like, it's not an unknown cocktail. Yeah. I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a classic, but it might be. Um, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what constitutes a classic. But, like, you could go into any bar or any restaurant that has a full bar and get a Manhattan or a yes. martini or most likely, like, a Negroni. Yes. Um, not in England, though. Not <laughs> well, that's a different story. Um, but a mojito requires requires fresh mint, which is something that not every bar has. It's also expensive. Yeah. Um, it's not expensive once. You're like, wait, I went to the store and I bought mint. It wasn't expensive. But it's expensive to buy the amount that you need for these drinks, and then it goes bad, and then you have to throw it out. It's like... But it's an, it's an interesting thing, because it's... It's a named cocktail. Like, mm. you can get a margarita basically anywhere. Yes. But a mojito, you can't, because just because of that. But yeah. I don't think, not everybody knows that. And I think that's, I think a mojito is kind of an interesting case. Ah. I guess everybody doesn't know that. A mojito is, I, I wouldn't. What are, the, what, are, what are the ingredients of a mojito? I mean, a mojito is rum, sugar, lemon, and mint. I mean, sorry, lime, not lemon. Lime and mint. Yeah, it's yeah. really basic. But I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a classic cocktail because it's only been on the scene, you know, like outside the tropics for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I'm, I might be, it might be longer. I might be older than I think. <laughs> um, but it, it's, you know, like I wouldn't call a cosmopolitan a classic. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been around a little longer. And you can get a Cosmo at basically any bar. Because they have, every bar should have those ingredients. Yeah. Um, although a Cosmo has peach schnapps in it, and not everybody carries that really? anymore. Doesn't it? No. I, I, wait. A Cosmo is vodka. It's, oh, you're right. It's it doesn't gimlet. have peach schnapps. It's a, it's what is going gimlet. on with my brain? It's a Gimlet wow. with a splash of fucking... Take this back. Cranberry. <laughs> And triple sack. I'm going to look at my phone some more and try to... Peach schnapps is what? Sex on the beach? Yeah, that's sex on the beach. (laughs) Fuck. Oh, man. I failed, you guys. I'm sorry. I think think maybe you were meant to be a tour guide. I mean, I... The thing is, I stopped being a tour guide before smartphones got popular. Uh, So I worry that... Because a lot of stuff is like, you know, a little ad-libbed, a little fudged. And I worry that somebody would be looking at their phone and be like, um, actually, that is not the house where El- Edgar Allan Poe lived. That's, you know, or actually, George Washington never did cut down a cherry tree. Uh, I feel like that's a helpful thing for somebody to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's almost time for last call around here. Bars still have to close at 11, because fuck Cuomo. Um uh-huh. And the last call, we're pretty strict about now. Like, back in the day, New York bars, last call, most bars, I feel like, would give you last call about, what, 15 minutes before close? Yeah, we do And then they let you kind of finish that, take your time. Um, New York was very serious about not serving a drink after four, but 
you can hang out yeah. as long as as but long as you want. I mean, that's but there's definitely places where it's like they rip the drink out of your hand. Yeah, and, there are. But, um, but I never worked at a place like that. But now, now you have to be out by 11. Nowadays, we're out at 11. And one of the interesting things is the way that, like, we'll have people pour their drinks into, a, like, to a go, roadie. Yeah, to-go to go cup. cup which Because that's legal now. Which is nice. Uh, it's certainly a way to... I mean, I think all, every bartender who has worked in New York has had that customer who just wants to keep talking after 4 o'clock mm-hmm. and is like, shows up, like, right at last call, orders an extra drink, like, yeah. definitely just wants an excuse to be there until 5 in the morning, and yes. you're like, Jesus Christ. And now you can pour his drink in it to go and uh, send him on his way. Send him on his way. Tell yeah. him to go get a bacon, egg, and cheese and go home and... Oh, man, now we have a bacon. We can send him on his way with a bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> I mean, I still regret that we didn't. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter now. But when we were open to four, four again, I really wish we... We'll have to start carrying Pedialyte to give to the super Oh, you're giving people. away our, all our tricks. TM, TM. Edit, edit this out, Alex. Edit this yeah. out. Those are, that's our, uh, our secret sauce. Okay, so... Um, so... Um, let's promote our bars. Sure. So, first thing I'd like to do, I'd, pr- I'd like to promote my first, my first love, my best love. That's Me? right, the Flophouse Podcast. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Check it out if you like comedy podcasts. Uh, if you like bar talk, don't listen to it. Listen to this podcast. I know the owner. Now, we also own two bars together. Uh, Hinterlands Bar. And? Minnie's Bar. Uh-huh. And... They are open every day till 11 p.m. Hinterlands opens at noon. Minis opens at one on the weekends, three on the weekdays. Um, Go to the Minis underscore bar uh, Instagram page, and there will mm-hmm. be a link there to the merch selection. And if you go to Hinterlands Bar Merch at Gmail, send me an email, and I will give you a list of our t-shirt hoodie bandana options and you can and tank tops we just we're getting new tank tops tops in um in a week or so and minis just ordered a new batch of t-shirts great so a new color or no uh gray great so we had green and then we got gray and now we're getting more gray and we're getting tank tops in black and teal it's amazing. I know. And those are those are like women's cut tanks. Yeah, but men can wear them. Of course. <laughs> um, it's, I'm just describing the shape of the the cut. Yeah, it's like the stretchy style it's, tank. They're awesome. They're the best ones. And that uh, tank top that we have it printed on has been discontinued. So Bella Canvas, baby. Bella Canvas. So um, get one while you can. And um, I think that's it. Okay. How do All we right? sign off? Um, we say thank you, Stuart, for being my guest. Thank you so much. Uh, I have one more thing to add. Fuck Andrew Cuomo. Yes, fuck Andrew Cuomo. (laughs) This has been I Know the Owner. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm Stuart Wellington. Bye. Stuart, say bye. Bye. (laughs) I know the owner.